0: Good morning everyone. Thanks for being here today and making your way through the smoke to uh, find the church. And for those of you who are joining us online, thank you as well for giving us your time today. I'm going to start today by talking about memories. Memories. We need them to function at some level in our lives. And we all have them. It is helpful to remember, for example, our way to work or school. Can you imagine how much time it would take if we had to relearn our pathway to work or school every day? And it's helpful to remember people. Then we don't have to start over with them every time we meet them. Even our muscles have memory, and the more that we practice a particular skill, or repeat an action, our muscles will remember and help us to become more skilled at that. There are some memories that we'd like to forget. They bring pain, maybe hard, hardship or sorrow, or shame. And sometimes we have to work through them, even though it's painful if we want to move forward. And then there are other memories that are fantastic. Maybe a wedding day, or the moment of a child's birth, or we remember a family vacation, or a significant graduation, or we may remember a favorite summer getaway, or special time with friends. And the word remember portrays what's involved in memories. It is putting members back together to remember. Joining the pieces necessary to recall something we put together the time era the people present the event that happened and all those pieces form our memories now remembering plays a critical role in the Christian life Mark Buchanan writes if Christians ever forget Jesus death and resurrection we become unhinged from the story that defines us the story that frames and explains all other stories One benefit of the Sabbath practice that we've been talking about is the opportunity to remember. We recollect or remember who God is and what he has done. And we need to do this because we can forget. Our minds get filled with so many other things that blur our vision of God. And remembering can also help us endure in Christ. To endure means to keep going despite obstacles or difficulties and following Jesus will involve hardships and challenges we might get mocked or rejected for our faith we might face persecution we might struggle when we see those who ignore God doing better than we are doing well we're barely hanging on even On top of that, the devil opposes us, or some disappointment or tragedy or confusion comes into our lives, and we cry out, Why, God? How could you allow this? And when such times come, it might be tempting to give up on Christ. Why would we want to endure in Christ when it's so hard? It would seem easier to give up, to stop having to try to keep doing the things that we're doing and following him. But though it may seem easier at first to give up on Christ, it'll be a lot harder later on. Abandoning our walk with Christ separates us from the healer of our souls and the one who loves us deeply. And though it is hard to endure, the consequences will be harder later on if we don't. So how can we endure in our walk with Christ even through tough times? And today we're going to see how remembering can bolster our faith and our endurance. And this comes in a New Testament letter where the author had great concern for his fellow Jews who had accepted Jesus as their Messiah, yet they were experiencing some incredible hardships. Some thought about going back to Judaism and giving up on following Jesus, and they thought that would make life easier. So the author writes this letter to persuade and encourage them to keep on enduring in Christ. And one key piece of that practice, of that resolve to endure, is remembering something specific, which we'll discover as we go to the text. So it is Hebrews 10... If you want to find it in your Bibles at this time, it's on page 852 in the Bibles that we have in front of you there. And I pray that God is going to use this text and our time together to bolster our resolve to endure in Christ. So Hebrews 10, and I'm going to start in verse 19 and read to verse 39. Our focus is going to be verses 32 to 39 but the verses before set some important context for us. So Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19, which says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Now that is a lot of text, and there is a lot going on there. So, let me try to summarize briefly what's happening before we get into our focus text of verses 32 to 39. In verses 19 to 25, the author is commanding the readers to take action to fortify their faith by drawing closer to God and to others. And so you see these commands repeated, four consecutive verses. Verse 22, let us draw near to God with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So the author emphasizes these actions that believers can take to keep going and growing in their faith. But then in verses 26 to 31, the author gives a severe warning. Verse 26, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury, a fire that will consume the adversaries. Those are troubling verses. Those are uncomfortable verses. The author talks about someone who claims to be a Christian but lives in ongoing deliberate sin against God. And we find these verses heavy, even harsh. But the author is very concerned about those who might fall away, so he will use any method within the boundaries of God and Jesus' teaching to wake up those drifting from Christ. And he goes further in verse 29 to explain how a rebellious life actually treats God. It tramples underfoot the Son of God. And this image meant a deliberate rejection and contempt for the one trampled. Such a life also profanes the blood of Christ. It acts like Jesus' shed blood was a wasted and unnecessary sacrifice. And a life of deliberate sin outrages the Spirit. It rejects the Spirit's prompting. So this describes someone living in high-handed rebellion against God. And this is disturbing language, especially as we think about people in our lives we love who are living like this. Phrases like no longer remains a sacrifice for sin is troubling. Yet remember the prodigal son? He deliberately sinned long enough to squander his entire inheritance. Yet when he turned back humbly, the father received him into his arms. So we continue to pray for God to bring back the prodigals in our lives. But such warnings are sometimes necessary to awaken people and us to the way we're living. That the path we're going on has severe consequences. That drifting away from Christ is no joke, no minor thing. Notice verse 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God and that's an image of a person who is helpless before God the word dreadful or fearful communicates the idea of terror and in the Greek the writer puts dreadful or fearful first for emphasis to fall into the hands of the living God means there's no escape for those who have rejected the grace of this living, holy God. And Hebrews contains several of these kinds of warnings to wake up those who are wandering. And as believers, sometimes we need warnings. Sometimes we need someone to throw cold water in our face, like a warning like this, to wake us up to the ways in which we've been living or compromising or drifting But then the author follows up with encouragement. And this comes in verses 32 to 39. And here we discover how we can strengthen our endurance in Christ today. And the first way is to remember God's past faithfulness. Remember God's past faithfulness. So look at verse 32 again. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened... You endured a hard struggle with sufferings. And then he goes on to list all of these different kinds of sufferings that they went through. So there's a couple of things I need to explain about these verses. First of all, I just said, remember God's past faithfulness when God is not mentioned at all in verses 32 to verse 34. And then we have to think about what is going on here. What kind of persecution are these people enduring? Because it sure seems severe. So first of all, let's get to the God question. I said, remember God's past faithfulness when verses 32 to verse 34 don't mention God at all. And when I was preparing this passage, I noticed that you could read verses 32 to 34 like a pep talk. Remember those former days when you were tough? and you endured all that stuff, and you came through it, you can do it again. And there is some value in remembering what we've already come through. It can give us some courage. It can give us some confidence. However, I notice that pep talks about my past personal toughness sometimes don't work so well for me. I can remember tough experiences like maybe exam week in university or those weeks where you're putting in 14 16 hour days for a couple solid weeks or more i could do that when i was 20 but i doubt i could do it today so remembering my strength from the past might not encourage me if i have less strength today But I do have more perspective than I did when I was 20, and I now realize it wasn't just my strength doing that. God played a huge role in enabling me to be in that situation where I could have an education, where I could have the strength to be able to put in the kind of time that was needed. And when I remember God's strength and role in past difficulties, I do gain courage for this day. If he brought us through that whatever that is that he can bring us through what we face today and I think that's how we have to read verses 32 to verse 34 because notice in verse 32 he says but recall the former days when after you were enlightened meaning after you came to Christ so they had Christ in their lives they had the Lord the Lord gave them the strength to endure And that's why I think we can say, remember God's faithfulness. And then the second question is, what is he talking about? This is a severe persecution. And it could very well refer to the expulsion of all Jews from Rome in the year forty-nine. There were these conflicts that were going on between Jews who accepted Christ as the Messiah and Jews who rejected him. And the conflicts were becoming so prevalent and prominent that the Romans were noticing them. They were uh, popping up again and again in different parts of the city. And finally, the emperor had enough and he said, all Jews must leave Rome. And it didn't matter if you were a Christian Jew or a Jew who had rejected Christ, you all had to leave Rome. So think about how that might impact you. And, and he talks about the different impacts, starting in verse uh, 33, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. That means verbal and physical abuse. So as they're being expelled, the Roman soldiers and Roman citizens are shouting at them and mocking them and maybe throwing things at them. Or verse The end of verse 33, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. So maybe you come along, and you're being expelled from Rome, and then you see a family that you know, and they tell you their tale of how they were beaten. And you you mourn, and you, oh, I'm so sorry you went through that. And then he talks about um, compassion on those in prison. So someone you know is in prison or was in prison during this time of expulsion. And if you've ever had someone in prison, you know how you worry about them and wonder like how are they doing there but I think the strongest case for tying this to the expulsion from Rome is the latter half of verse 34 where he says and joyfully accepted the plundering of your property and so every Jew who was expelled had their house and their business taken from them And can you imagine that? You build up your business for all these years and you build your house and all of a sudden the emperor issues this command, you are expelled from Rome and you lose it all with no compensation. And he says, you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. I don't think that means they were happy. Oh, I'm so glad you're taking my business and my home from me. I think It's much more, they were able to process it with an eternal perspective. Well, these are earthly possessions, but I still have Christ who is heavenly. And so, there is this tremendous affliction and persecution that they have experienced. And yet, they endured. The Lord brought them through it. And by remembering his faithfulness through those hard times, they gained courage and strength to endure and keep going today. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of the Lord's faithfulness in our lives. Or in our church's life. Think about 20 years ago, friends. Those of you who were here then. 2003 when this church was on life support going through a very difficult time yet God brought this community through that troubled time and for those of you who don't know who are newer did you know that there's a rock on the corner of our parking lot commemorating God's faithfulness it says, safe thus far, God our rock. 2002 to 2004. And there are, as I look across this room, people who were there then and decided to stay. You persevered in this community through that troubled time, but look at what God has done. Through you and those who have since joined, the ministry of this church continues. And I want to thank you for persevering in the Lord. And if he brought us through that, he will bring us through today's challenges. So, how can we strengthen our endurance in Christ? First, we remember God's past faithfulness in our church and in our lives, but there's another piece found in the final four verses of this passage, and it is simply trust God's future provision. And in verses 35 to 39... The so, uh, or the writer brings together some pieces from Isaiah and Habakkuk, and in verse 38, he says, "But my righteous one shall live by faith." And that's the only way that we can face any future with hope. We live by faith in what God will provide. We play our part, we step out, but we trust that he's doing all the work behind the scenes to provide what we really need as we go forward in faith. And God knows what we need individually. God is not a one-size-fits-all for meeting needs. Commentator George Guthrie writes, In our Christian lives, we experience the ebb and flow, the rotation of seasons, Some periods seem as vibrant as spring, where the presence of God is as real to us as the presence of a spouse or friend in the next room. Other periods seem more dormant, where the signs of life are removed from our perception, leaving us to make right choices, to think right thoughts in the midst of spiritual dryness. And both kinds of times play an important part in the big picture of Christian development. So some of you here today are are tasting the Lord and you're walking closely with him and you're feeling his presence and sensing him and others of you are in a spiritual dry time and the Lord knows our individual needs in these times but then listen to this from George Guthrie again the danger comes when a dry or seemingly dormant season dominates our lives for months or years on end and when this happens we should ask if the perceived dry spell is a normal part of development because of some crisis or tragedy or major adjustment that we've had to make in life, or if it's the product of our own wrong choices, where we got mad at God and we said, I'm giving up the faith. Or I'm going to go through the motions, but I'm really not going to open my heart to God. Such a time, we serve as a wake-up call that shakes us to our senses when we realize, "Oh, I walked away from the one who could provide me the most, even though I didn't understand all that was going on." And He calls us to come back. So, simply, how can we endure, keep going in our Christian walk, while God's past faithfulness and His future provision? enable present endurance in Christ and so we have to remember God's past faithfulness we have to trust in his future provision so that we can endure presently in Christ And so we remember all that God has revealed to us in his word. We remember Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We remember the time that he brought you through that hard time in your life. We remember when he brought us through hard times as a church. We remember God's faithfulness, and then we trust in his future provision. And with those two things in mind, we endure in the present, in going forward. But we can't do that without Christ in our lives or without a close walk with Christ. And maybe today, God has been saying to you, yes, you're my child, but you have wandered far. And you've been living as if I don't exist for weeks, months. Come back. Come back. And others of you... Maybe God has revealed to you today you actually never have received Christ, and you didn't think it was that big of a deal. You, life seems to be okay, and then and then you hear stuff like rejecting God leads to judgment, rejecting God means trampling on the Son of God, profaning His blood, angering the Spirit. And lots of people in our world today don't believe that there's ever going to be a judgment. But the end of history and the end of time is not up to popular opinion. It's up to God, who knows reality perfectly. So we can either face judgment based on our own merit, or we can face judgment based on the blood of Christ covering us, as we heard in the songs that were sung today. And if you don't know Christ, I just appeal to you to put the trust of your life upon him. To stop trying to justify yourself, to stop trying to say, you know, I I do good and I've done good and I'm good enough and God owes me or whatever it is. And simply say, Lord, here I am. I trust myself completely to you. Please adopt me into your family. I turn away from that old life. And God adopts us and he declares us not guilty forever in that moment. And we become one of his children and learn how to walk daily with Christ. And if you would like to receive Christ, Valerie is going to be at the front after the service today. She'd be more than willing to pray with you. Or maybe you have a friend or family member that you'd like to talk to. Please, please. Talk to them about that. But for all of us, we need to make space in our lives to receive rest for our souls from the Lord, and that rest includes remembering God's faithfulness. And so as we close our time in prayer today, I want to invite you to ask the Lord to bring to mind some moment in your life that was difficult that he brought you through some instance of his faithfulness that he wants to remind you of right now. So just just a moment to think of that as we pray. Lord, remind us of where you've been faithful. for those who are remembering that right now, we praise you and thank you for your faithfulness. For those who are blinded right now, struggling, overwhelmed by the pain or the circumstances of their lives, might your past faithfulness and your loving touch today break through to bring reassurance for those who have been wandering or wavering Lord will you bring them back close and for all of us empower us to live by faith in you for you are absolutely trustworthy and yet We think we need to do it on our own or that we have a better way. So whatever we face today, Lord, whatever people here are facing today, help them to know. Help us to know we can face it because you will provide. And so we praise you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for your provision, and for your presence now to enable us to endure until the end of our lives or you call us home or you return. And we give you the glory and pray this in your son's name. Amen.